Joaquin Phoenix isn't Batman's brother. This is Spoilers. This is Spoilers. See, that shouldn't be a spoiler, but then it is kind of if you get halfway through the movie. Uh, so I thought it'd be okay. Hey, everybody, welcome to Spoilers. This is our 11th new movie of 2019, and it's a big one. It's Joker, and it's a superhero movie, so of course we have our superhero correspondent, PK, on. PK, what's up? Yo, 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 yo. I mean, I would not be the one to call Joker a superhero, but I'm glad to be on this one, and I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I guess I should tell the audience I'm a big incel, so he's like my idol. <laughs> big time incel over here. Uh, PK, as our superhero correspondent, oh, let's introduce Mikey too, first real quick. Mikey, uh, you're in Goshen tonight, right? Yep, recording out of Goshen tonight, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this movie. I, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it, so... Is it true that Goshen has a giant uh, infestation of super rats right now, or is that a... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish they kind of explored that more. I was I was hoping he was going to go up against a super rat in an alley. Super point. cat, super rat. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could still get, like to get right into it, but PK, since this is one of our... It won't be the last time we have you on, but it is one of the last uh, comic book movies of the year. I asked you guys to rank uh, the superhero movies you've seen so far this year. Uh, PK, go first. Like, what? Where does this fall uh, sort of set the stage? I mean, that's a good question. I, I, I wouldn't rank this with, among the other comic book movies of this year because this is unlike any other comic book movie I've ever seen. I wouldn't even consider this a comic book movie i would consider this a movie with comic book characters mm-hmm. so putting it on a new level i think i'd have to give it to avengers endgame just because you know me i'm a marvel geek and the culmination of the mcu but this movie is incredible and this might be one of my favorites of the year so yeah it's a it's a you hear a lot of words like film in cinema associated with Joker. Uh, it won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival, which is, you know, uh, it's been, it's got mixed reviews. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but Mikey, uh, where does this fall in your list of uh, superhero movies? Uh, I think PK makes a good point that it doesn't really feel like a superhero movie. So it does feel like a movie, like a, like a thriller, kind of like Seven or something, just featuring a comic book character. But I unfortunately did not enjoy it as much as you guys did, I think. <laughs> uh, I would definitely have Avengers Endgame first for the year, and then probably Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, but I, I don't know. I think this falls, just for uh, superhero movies, I'd say like sixth or something. I don't know. It just, uh, and I was excited to see it too, so I went in pretty optimistic about it, and then just kind of came out feeling like maybe the the script wasn't uh, well rounded enough or something. I don't I don't think it got its message across very well. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a good point too. And this movie's been faced with a lot of criticism, kind of around uh, the messaging. Um, but I do want to start off with what I thought was probably the best part of the movie which is Joaquin Phoenix's uh performance PK he's unlike any other Joker I've ever seen especially with his uh laughing condition what would you think about him in this movie oh man where to start I mean I'm glad you said he's unlike any other Joker because I'm I'm like 
I don't think it's fair to compare him to anybody else. I don't think it's com- fair to compare any Joker to the other Jokers because they all try to do their own thing and make it their own. So the just he he took it to a whole new level. I mean, I'm a huge Joaquin Phoenix fan. I love how he sinks himself into the roles, but I remember hearing about how he came up with his laugh and how he based it off of this disorder like a month before the movie came out. So I looked it up and there's a video on YouTube of a guy who's like pulled over in a parking lot and he has this and it's it's exactly how Joaquin Phoenix portrays it. It's like he looks like he's in pain and he doesn't want to laugh and it's it's terrifying because it's, it's a real thing. And uh, it kind of makes you feel for the guy, but yeah. We could talk about this performance all day, but uh, what did you guys think about it? He lost a ton of weight for the role. Uh, physically, it looked pretty demanding. I mean, especially those shots where he had his shirt off and you could like see his spine poking yeah. out of his back. I mean, that was pretty striking, like I said, from a physical performance. I don't think he's going to win the Oscar like Heath Ledger did, but but I, I would say he's one of my favorite favorite Jokers. We don't see a lot of them. I mean, he doesn't become Joker until the end of the film, right? He's it's kind of his evolution into yeah. Joker. But With that third act, man. What do you think, Mikey? Uh, going back to the laugh, um, I actually kind of hated his laugh because he was like kind of choking <laughs> on it. He was, he was like kind of choking and gagging on it at some point, and I thought they were gonna pull off this thing at the end where he's no longer like choking on the laugh. He's just like letting it go, and it's like actually like crazy Mark Hamill type laughter. He's always kind of mm-hmm. like choking on it throughout the whole movie. So I thought they missed an opportunity to opportunity there to like just one little more writing thing to add in there to like really sell it over the top of this guy's like straight on crazy now mm-hmm. but i don't know i didn't really like his laugh but i thought he was a great performer i thought un- unlike heath ledger he has to carry the whole movie uh with yeah. Heath ledgers we only get the snippets and like of course he's killing it in every one of those scenes but Joaquin has to carry the whole movie, and I think he does a great job. And you also get, like, two different characters, essentially. He's playing the Joker, mm-hmm. and he's playing Arthur Fleck, which is, like, complete opposites. And I think that that says a lot about his performance, too. Mm-hmm. It's a really true origin story, like you said, that he's, he's trying to play two characters. And I, I want to kind of touch on the origin from a plot perspective, from a writing perspective, and see if, Mikey, we can dig into, like, some of the things that you didn't like, but... The way I see it is that it was Joker's, and obviously spoilers if this is the first episode you've you've heard. But I, I, so Joker's mom is basically kind of the reason he's so fucked up. I mean, I, there's a lot of talk about society, but but for me, it kind of all came down to the way his mom abused him. Would you, would you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's like I feel like that stuff he kind of suppressed so far down that he didn't really remember and then like all the shit that's happened to him in the present time and like the society stuff kind of brought him to the edge and i think the finding out the stuff about his mother who he took so much time and effort to take care of uh i think that just is the part that sent him over the edge i think they dropped the ball with that bruce wayne is my brother thing that would have been a great twist and then they just kind of (laughs) dropped it at the gate or whatever at the manor mansion and it was just like wow that is a twist that 
I don't know if it's ever been pulled off in the comics. I mean, I'm sure there's like some alternate universe stuff where that's been done, but it's like, wow, that was a really good through line to like connect these two people eventually that will become like mortal enemies. And but at the same time, you know, like Thomas Wayne is so powerful, you know, he could be he could have covered so it up into the evil capitalist thing. It's like just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Make Thomas Wayne right. the bad guy. And I wonder if that's what makes it kind of unpalatable for some critics is that the billionaire. Well, I guess in theory he still could be covering up, but it seems like the text is saying that it was really just Joker's mom was fucking batshit mm-hmm. crazy, and that's what was was causing all of this. Um, kind of another point I want to touch on too. Uh, host Stevie called me and was asking me what I thought about it, and I, and I thought that the only yes, it was controversial. The only thing that I didn't like from a plot point was the fact that he, what, what what's his neighbor's name? The character? Do you know you guys have that? Uh, he has this neighbor, a single mom. Zazu Beats. Oh yeah, Z- yeah. <laughs> and uh, he basically like aggressively kisses her and stalks her, and you think that that's what wins her over, but this ends up being all kind of an illusion, I guess. Hallucination. Hallucination. Yeah. Did you, Did you guys like the hallucin hallucination aspect? A uh, little plot twist. I mean, it's either I feel like you're either all in or you're not. I I liked it. I did. It got me. Like I I. For some reason, that that short little banter they had when she kind of called him out about following him, which wasn't real, but how he was like, she's like, yeah, I wish you would have robbed the place. And he's like, I mean, I have a gun. I can come back tomorrow. I was like, man, this guy's got some some weird game. I was like, maybe it works, you know? (laughs) She she seems like she's, I mean, she lives in the same shitty place, so she can't be all that, like, like on her shit. So maybe, you know, maybe she should feel bad for the guy. Like, he offered her... To come see his comedy show, so maybe she's like, "Yeah, I'll, just, I'll go see his comedy show and you know hang out." But so I bought it, and then it's just the people. I've heard people say like the hospital part is where they're like, "Nah, that's bullshit." Like, no way she'd be with hanging out with him there and kissing him on the forehead. But yeah, when it when it came to and you see the real, you see the reveal of the twist. I was like, "Oh shit, this is crazy." <laughs> yeah. And it goes back through all the scenes where she wasn't actually mm-hmm. actually there. One of the hardest scenes to watch was when she was, quote-unquote, watching him do stand-up, and he goes up there and bombs. That was some like painful, cringeworthy mm-hmm. shit, especially at first. <laughs> but we've kind of set the stage. So you have our main character, Joker, or who's becoming the Joker, and he's becoming delusional. He's got this fucked-up family life. Uh, and then we have two sort of plot points coming to a head. One is that he, Mikey, the way you put it before the podcast, he's the ultimate Bernie bro, and he murders three Wall Street guys uh, on the subway. <laughs> it's, I found it interesting that he never brings up later that this was mostly self-defense until the end. I mean, it gets a little carried away, but it was mostly self-defense. He even makes a point to say that those people out there wearing his makeup and stuff. He's like, I am not associated with those people. I'm not political. I don't believe anything. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, he does defend himself on that train, but even then I thought that was like, uh, he's not even like, he's not even in the wrong, I guess, because he's getting the shit kicked out of him on this train. He could have gotten killed, but. But it seemed that you could tell he definitely like enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's where it's it's the fine line. I love the scene. Uh, I mean it was something out of a, it was Hitchcockian uh when having the showdown 
uh trying to decide who's gonna leave the subway car first ah, and, it was fantastic yeah. Yeah, and he and as soon as he jumps out, he just he's just fucking dead. But that's one plot point. So uh it's starting this political kind of revolution now. Uh very Guy Fox V for Vendetta mask esque uh it's happening. The people of Gotham are gamers rising up. And then you have <laughs> Robert De Niro. Uh Mike, you wanna tell us a little bit about Bobby D in this movie? He's having a big fall with this in the the Irishman. It, yeah, he's playing uh Jimmy Fallon in 1975 and he's just the host of like a pseudo tonight show type type late night show on ncb NCB. oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) but uh they end up finding the joker's 15 minute set on youtube or something (laughs) somebody somebody was somehow recording that that set in that comedy store and uh they put it on the show and they're just laughing at him and he, the Joker ends up getting all this attention and then they end up wanting to bring him on the show because he was such, such a hit on, he kind of went viral for back then on the show. Mm-hmm. So he's the Numa Numa guy of Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what, what did you guys think of Robert De Niro? I kind of, uh, was a little bit confused on kind of like his motivations, I guess. I mean, like, the Joker shows up looking absolutely insane and he just kind of rolls with the punches and he's like, okay, we're going to do this live, I guess. He's doing anything he can to get good ratings, you know? He's like, it'll work. It'll bring in... It'll, he, that's what he's like. He's like, it'll be fine. It'll work. So I think he just wants to get good numbers and good viewers, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, the the ironic thing is, too, is I don't find it to be even particularly cruel. I, I think an important thing and kind of watching or interpreting this film is is to know that even if things seem kind of unfair from the joker's perspective at the end of the day robert de niro is not really being all that cruel like yeah he makes some jokes on him but it's no different than uh david letterman having the guy on from american movie you know what i mean it's basically uh-huh, yeah. the exact same thing so it's i don't know tommy wiseau's made a career out of it it's it's worked out well for <laughs> for some people um so yeah, so we had those two things kind of coming to a head, uh, like we talked about. He has him on as kind of like a as a as a guest spot, and Joker plans on uh, killing himself on the air, but he doesn't do this. He ends up shooting Robert De Niro in the face. Uh, spoiler alert: it's like a reverse in Jackie Brown uh, when Robert De Niro kills uh, that lady. But uh, kind of this ending part, it was a little bit confusing for me. I didn't know if, if does Joker actually end up in jail or was that a hallucination? And does, does he actually get saved by those people? PK, you know what I'm talking about there? This yeah, last yeah. Like, little bit. Well, I want to, I want to go back real fast to before he goes on the show when yeah. he, his quote unquote friend that gives him the gun comes over to his apartment. Cause that scene, I think oh, man. was probably yeah. the, the most Joker scene of the whole movie. Because, you know, this guy comes over who who kind of fucked him over and caused him to lose his job. And this is right after he kills his mother and he's he's full-on Joker. And he dyes his hair. He's got just the white paint, which I think that's the creepiest he ever looked in the movie. was just the white with the green hair. And they're, you know, they're like, what's with the makeup? And he's like, oh, my mom just died. I'm celebrating. He just says it's so casual. (laughs) And then, yeah, he proceeds to brutally murder this guy, like, just out of nowhere. And 
and just and, and I love the fact that he he goes from brutally murdering this guy to like blood all over his face to snaps out of it immediately and looks at the the little guy and goes you watch the Murray Franklin show yeah I'm gonna be on tonight and it's just like that's totally the Joker and then you know the little comedy part where the little guy tries to unlock the door and he can't and you're like fuck he's gonna kill him now <laughs> yeah. and then it, then he does another thing like I said that's totally the Joker he kisses him on the cheek he's the only one who's ever been nice to me and he just lets him go that he takes off fantastic. sprinting out of the apartment <laughs> I like that scene, but they blow it because they show the knife. And if you don't see the totally knife agree. and you just attacks I saw this it, guy. I it's... saw it today the second time. And yeah, I noticed, I was like, if I, I like that they showed him grab it when they like initially rang the doorbell. But then you're right. They show it one more time right before he does Dude, it. And yeah, it kind of. They don't show that knife. That's a totally different scene. I totally agree. Yeah. It, it does remind me a little bit of Drive. I don't like this movie as much as Drive, but like th- it's a violent movie, I guess, in total. But there's only really two or three moments of violence. Exactly. It's, it's very realistic yeah. violence. That's why I think people freak out about it. It's hyper violent, yeah. though. Yeah. And that's a that's a good point. Uh, I have a couple other just kind of high level stuff I want to talk about, and then we can can open it up. Uh, I want to ask you guys what you thought about this interpretation of Gotham. I fucking loved it. It was one of my favorite parts. It reminded me quite a bit of uh, It Follows, where all of the components of the the set design. Uh, the production design are are kind of pulled from different times. Like at one point they go to see a Charlie Chaplin movie, which is from the thirties, but there's broadcast TV, but it's in black and white. So it's like the fifties, the cars are from the seventies. At one point they play that. Which is like a song from the nineties. So I, I, I touched on a lot there, but did you guys like this Gotham? Now we've seen a few now. Uh, movies. The Gotham with super rats and garbage <laughs> littering yeah. the streets. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like pretty gritty, and uh, it reminded me again, like I said, Seven. So it remind, rem, reminded me of that uh, type of disgusting, beat down type of city. Yeah, it was just grimy. Like that's all Gotham is supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be just like New York on steroids, just gross and. Like how they mentioned at the beginning, they have a trash uh, strike, so there's just trash bags and yeah. just a bunch of trash just building up on the on the side of the street. And it's just it's just not a place you want to be or the, that's really livable unless you're a man with money like Thomas Wayne. So it's just I, I enjoyed it, but like you, going back to that song choice, he said, yeah, from the trailer, I was like that scene where he's dancing on the steps. I was like, that's gonna be my favorite scene. In the whole movie, because I know it's going to be like right when he becomes the Joker and he's just going to be letting loose. And then they choose that song. And the first time I literally was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but the second song. time I saw it today. <laughs> that was not a good I choice. I saw it today the second time. I, I enjoyed it more, but I still think it, it could have been something better. But Dude, it took me out of the movie <laughs> so quick. I was like, for real, this song? I didn't yeah. like it at all. It can be cringy. I cringed when I first heard it, but then kind of, you know, like I said, with the rest of the aesthetic of the movie, this could be any any time when this shit's happening. So mm-hmm. uh, I instantly thought of the replacements with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like featured heavily <laughs> in that movie. Uh, so and kind of along with that scene, the cinematography in this movie is really great. Were there any oh, so shots good. or or scenes that really stood out to you guys? I mean, the dancing 
there on the steps for one, even though it has that that contemporary yeah. pop song playing. It still looks really cool. There's a few scenes. I think just the cinematography and the color grading in general yeah. um, for the the Murray show scene at the end, like just the the super extreme close ups they have of. Like Walking Phoenix and and Murray, like their conversation back and forth of like, it's like that shot from behind the seat where he's he's looking to the left and it's just it's like a close up of the side of his face and even like as he's getting into it more and talking about how he actually killed the people and he doesn't give a shit and he's just you can tell he's letting loose and he doesn't care. I just I thought the cinematography in that scene was just it was just so good. And like right after he shoots Murray, they get that shot of what it looks like through the monitor of like what it would look like on TV. And he's just he's just sitting there with his legs still crossed. Like, what's up? Next question. Anybody else got anything? It's just man, it was intense. Mikey, anything stand up from you or for you visually? Was it a strong point of the movie at least? Yeah, I, I thought it was really good cinematography. Uh, I really liked. Uh, this, I think this is like after he kills his first person in the subway and he's running into the bathroom and he's like turning into the joker he's like dancing in front of the mirror i thought that was like oh he's losing his mind yeah that was really good cinematography the music was really uncomfortable during that scene too mm -hmm. uh i mean i mean it just looks so good all of the set pieces they have or like the uh set design they have like we said it's just so dirty and gross i mean they could do anything with the camera and still look pretty good i think it's a good looking movie it is a good looking movie and this last this last little point uh that i had here is kind of kind of twofold it's a little bit more of a serious topic uh but i guess do you guys see anything in this movie that could potentially be controversial? I've been reading quite a bit of uh, some of the lower scoring reviews on, on Letterboxd and Rotten Tomatoes, and it seems to be, you know, one, the empowering of the incels was, was an earlier criticism of the film, but two, it seems to be more that people think this movie thinks it's smarter than it is or that it doesn't have a lot to say. I would tend to disagree with that but uh i, I guess what, what are you guys' thoughts from a, from a controversy of the film perspective uh i would have to say i guess i still don't understand it i mean this guy seems like he in today's society he's someone who needs help yeah that could be provided and he's getting all of these social services stripped away from him and he's just now spiraling because he has nothing to help him stay afloat he's He's got mental health issues, obviously, and he just lost his job and all of this stuff, and that's like a common thing. I mean, that's the thing that happens in society, and I think it just makes it look like people who are in need are going to turn into these psychopathic murderers or something. I, don't, I think it puts off a bad message when it could do something else with that. I don't know. It just didn't really make much sense to me what its message was trying to trying to say, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't really, like, read into the controversial stuff too much because, I mean, I've talked about it before on this podcast. Like, I like to go in blind as possible for movies I really want to see, so I didn't want to read anything too much. But, I mean, reading, like, hearing about, you know, this movie condones violence and all this stuff, it's like, I don't think it does that at all. I think you 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 spend the whole time, like, seeing him go through this shit and, like, you're you're rooting for him to not snap, even though you know it's going to happen. And 
I think if anything, it's it's sending more of a message towards like I got a conversation with my buddy. I saw it with today, and we're, he was like, first thing he said after the movie, he was like, "Well, that was like an indictment on all of us." <laughs> He's like, basically, just like I think Todd Phillips is kind of trying to say, like, you know, we need to start being more conscious of shit like this and being nicer to people and putting yourself in other people's shoes and otherwise not necessarily some guy in a fucking clown makeup is going to start killing people and making an uprising but more shit like this could happen and stuff like that so I don't know I think it could shed the light on some mental illness stuff but I don't know it's just people here and see what they want to see so it's never gonna (coughs) excuse me it's never gonna like fix a problem or cause a problem completely everybody's gonna believe and see what they want to see yeah no i totally agree with that uh last point that you had that people are just gonna see kind of what they want to see in this and 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 to me like i said there was uh a weird kind of uh risk of violence around going to the movie theater for before this movie like there was extra security at my my screening, there were like weird memes about it. Uh, a few miles south in Aurora, Colorado, uh, they weren't even showing the movie. So just a lot of weird kind of peripheral things around this movie. Um, but, but to the point on the themes, I don't understand why this movie seems to be held to a higher standard than other Marvel movies. Like what, what the fuck are the themes in Ant-Man and the Wasp? You know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> why? Why is this movie responsible for you to make a commentary on society? And if anything, you know, you take another Joker origin story, uh, the killing joke and the whole like one bad day theme, like this is way more realistic mm. than like yeah. someone I'm snapping after one bad one, day. Yeah. One moment that made him flip. It was, you kind of buy it like you, you, cause you see all the shit he goes through and then you find out the bullshit he went through in his childhood too. And it's like, oh shit. Like, yeah. He's always been fucked up. It's not like it just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's way more of a compelling story uh, to me. But before we get to our uh, our rating system, yes or no's, do we have any? Uh, you guys have any final thoughts? Uh, anything we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I wanted to go back because I kind of skipped over what you asked me earlier about the whole like ending. If you think he really did like rally the troops or whatever, but like first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that's that's how it went, you know, but after this second time, I'm thinking that whole ambulance crashing into the cop car, I don't know if that truly ever happened. Yeah. Cause you know, and cause if, if, if it did, it's like, how did he get caught? When did he, when else did he get caught? Um, cause it seemed like he would have a freaking army behind him at that point. But I, I loved that part where they, they bring him out and, he wakes up and, and the shot of him kind of putting his hand in his mouth and making the smile with the blood and just full on accepting his role as the clown prince of crime. And that was just like, it was weird. I got goosebumps when he did that, but I don't know if that makes me fucked Dude, up. Dude, you want to make that scene even, <laughs> you want to make that scene even better? Make that someone else's blood. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's make very true. Go absolutely crazy. But, and then the very end, you know, it's like, he's, he's laughing about a joke that he sees Bruce Wayne with his dead parents. And he's like, ah, you wouldn't get it. And then it's like, they make you think that he actually killed that lady and that he's being interviewed by and escaping. So who knows what really happened or 
they don't I don't think they plan on making a sequel, so I don't really care. I, I loved the end. I think it was great. I was a big fan of this movie. So great as a standalone piece. Mikey, you have any final thoughts? Uh yeah, I was just gonna ask if you guys thought there was gonna be a sequel. I don't think so, but I I, I was wondering if they're gonna make somehow a connection between this and like the Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves Batman, like mm-hmm. seeing if that guy grows up to be you know, Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. Oh, I forgot about Cause that. I could see, cause I, I heard something about walking Phoenix doesn't want to make a franchise, but you know, maybe they could talk him into making like one scene comes back or he just becomes the guy who inspires like somebody to be the Joker. I don't know. Yeah. I would, I would love that. Uh, I was just talking about the Matt Reeves Batman, uh, right after the, we got out of the movie. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. Um, I, I, I hope it, like, I, either way, I think DC is taking a step in the right direction, oh, PK, yes. from when we had you on in Justice League, uh, almost two years ago. Now, it's hard to believe, but, uh, why don't you <laughs> give us our, your yes or no, uh, for Todd Phillips's Joker? Definitely yes. Um, I was looking forward to this movie for a while. This is kind of like a movie I never thought I'd really see, like a Joker standalone without Batman. Um, but it worked out better than I'd, thought it it hit me in ways i didn't think it would um i think everybody should go see it just just for the fact it is a controversial film at this time and it kind of reflects the society we live in um yeah definitely yes and like you said i think dc is on the upswing and they i think they have a really good opportunity i think i might have said this before but to take advantage and go an opposite direction of marvel and now that especially now that disney's taken over marvel hardcore like I think DC could do well without without going to try to do a cinematic universe. Just do more standalone films and get darker, get grittier. Because I think their their characters are more in line with that anyway, especially Batman. So I hope I would love to see a rated R Matt Reeves Batman. So definitely yes, Joaquin Phoenix deserves an Oscar, even though he probably won't get one. But yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, burn the Snyder Cut along those lines. Uh, but <laughs> DC does seem to be moving in the right direction. Um, it's. I think conceptually, it's all like my favorite superhero movie of the year by far. And from a visual standpoint, it's also there. Uh, I I would agree. I guess with some of the criticisms, but I don't know if you know there are profound themes on it. Certainly not an anti-capitalistic theme per se but i do think that because there's an unreliable narrator like it should be called in a question you know like you shouldn't think that he's a good guy and that whole like political revolution that he starts at the end may not have even have happened so to me it's not a controversial film i don't understand those those criticisms and then what we're left with is just a really pretty interesting take on the superhero genre which is a hard yes uh for me uh so last but not least mikey you like this the least will you make it preserved though uh i gave it a three out of five on letterbox and that's a yes uh on my scale so i'd say go see it i don't know if you gotta go see it in a theater i think you could wait if you're really on the fence about it but i just thought uh it dropped some balls on the right on some of the writing just little writing things like I was saying just like oh make him smear some other person's blood on his face or hide the knife or something just little things that would have really pulled off better on screen and really shown how crazy this person is or something but 
Um, in terms of the messaging, I, like I said before, I think it didn't pull it off the way it wanted to, but I don't think it's controversial in any sort of way that people are talking about online. I just don't believe that sort of hype. And I don't know. I think Joaquin is awesome in this, but I think the writing kind of lets him down a little bit. But if you're interested, you should go see it. There you go. It's three S's, another preserved uh, superhero movie here in 2019. Uh, thanks again for coming on, uh, PK. Are there any movies uh, coming out for the rest of the year that you want to be sure to, to get on? I'm going to have to get back to you on that, but you know I'm always down. So whenever you guys want me, I'll be there. Well, you're but always. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. Well, you're always welcome. Uh, thank you for listening and take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, 1. Search for movie spoilers. 2. Click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. 3. Leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers.